Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello once again to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Derian. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have a phenomenal guest, Scott Carson. He is an investor, an entrepreneur, a marketer, and a podcast host. Scott, how are you doing today? Man, I am rocking and rolling here, uh, Chris. Honored to be here and just honored to, to, to give and have a certain leadership mindset with your audience today. So whatever I can do to add value to you and your audience, I'm here, man. I love that, Scott. And let me just start off by saying I am just vibing and resonating with your energy from the get. You're like a smiley dude. You have high energy. You're like bubbly. I love it. So can you just kind of tell my audience a bit more about what you do, who you are? I gave you kind of like a like very broad information of who you are, but I would like to dive in a bit more of like, what do you do? Yeah, they all kind of, all those four titles all kind of mingle together for the last uh 13 plus years. Uh, I've been an active real estate investor for almost 20 years now. Austin, Texas is home. But uh, for the last 13, I've focused my business, my entrepreneurial journey on the niche in real estate uh, concerned with buying distressed debt, distressed mortgages. So if you've ever watched the movie, The Big Short, I'm kind of like the Christian Bale character in there. I'm not buying bonds, but I'm buying individual mortgages from banks and hedge funds. And then really how we make our moolah, our money, is working with actual the borrowers to keep them in place if we can by modifying, doing a forbearance agreement. I mean, we all know about what's going on in the United States with COVID and people being laid off and on forbearance agreements. So I do a lot of that when we buy debt direct from banks is then, hey, my team reaches out to the borrowers who haven't paid their mortgage in 60 days to six years sometimes. And we work with them to get them back on track, take that uh, nightmare situation away, which everybody's been through with a financial hiccup. And really turn their nightmare back into the dream of home ownership and, and keep them in the house. Uh, if they won't work with us, then we have the legal right to foreclose and take the property back. But we buy that debt at a big discount because so it's a lot of flexibility. And I've done that for over 13 years. I'm known across the uh, real estate industry as the note guy because I focus on this one niche. Uh, been a marketer for a long time, I guess you could say, with videos and webinars. I've been, I've, I've been doing a Monday night call via video uh, conference for over 11 years straight now almost every Monday night and just delivering content. I teach classes. And then uh, four, four and a half years ago, I actually started my podcast called The Nut Closer Show. And we just surpassed the 1.2 million download mark. We're uh, syndicated on 17 AM and radio channels. And it's called The Nut Closer Show. We're just delivering content to our audience, uh, which is a niche within a niche. And I believe the riches are the niches. But we just continue to share on a weekly, sometimes daily basis when it comes to providing content to our audience. Scott, that sounds amazing, brother. And I actually come from the real estate background. Now, obviously, I'm a professional speaker and a peak performance coach, but I have dabbled a lot in real estate. I know that industry, but the note industry is something that I don't know much about. And as you're saying it, it's really ringing a bell. So we're talking about the niche of the niche with essentially 
let me just clarify, I understood this correctly, is that you're buying the debt. So if somebody has a house and it's going foreclosure, you buy it from the bank, then you own it at a discounted rate. You try to see with the person that's living there if they could pay it off or whatever. If not, you kind of foreclose it, resell it, something like that. That's essentially what I understand what you're doing with it. Pretty much. We um, we try to get them, keep them in the house. Actually, about 70% of the time, we actually keep the borrower in place by modifying their loan. Awesome. Some sort of, and then, of course, if they don't, then we do obviously take the property back and then you know sell it as an asset. But yeah, pretty much you hit it right, the nail on the head there, bud. Okay, awesome. Now, my next question, you did mention the big short. Did you start doing this after watching that movie? Was it just an occurrence? How did you get into this? Because this is something less, my personal opinion, less known in the real estate game because everybody that's in real estate usually buys, holds, sl- uh, flips, uh, uh, lease options, whatever the case is. This is something like a bit more in the niche, like you said. So how'd you get into that? Very, very unique. So I st- started a mortgage company back in 2004 with a buddy of mine. And he introduced me to a, his sponsoring broker, was a real estate investor travel the country teaching creative financing. And he also taught the note business. He taught mostly originating, you know, owner financing notes, wraparound, creative financing. But he also taught a niche in non-performing notes because he, previously before, been a mortgage banker with non-performing notes. Just like what happened in 2008, it happened to him earlier than that. So from 2004 to 2008, I'm originating a lot, but also learning this craft on the you know note investing space for basically four years, like an apprenticeship. And then when everything hit the fan, I sold my half of the mortgage company for a buck, basically, because it was all it was worth at the time, and went head first into calling banks. So the same banks that I was calling to create loans, I was calling to see if they had any bad paper or non-performing notes in their books, and was just dial for dollars, like like Will Smith in the Pursuit of Happiness, just dialing a hundred phone calls a day. To different bank institutions. Fast forward now, I was a note educator a year, a few years back, and uh, closed on over a billion dollars in distressed debt and residential commercial property uh, in our portfolio, and helped thousands of investors tap into this niche. And then we're really proud of the fact that we helped thousands of uh, homeowners stay in their home as well. That is amazing. That is amazing, Scott. And you highlighted something as the show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show. And everything is about high performance. And you know, you said something in sales that you did a hundred, like a lot of calls before getting there. Can you please talk to us? And the audience is going to great can get away some great value within this to the moments that were a bit more difficult. The aspects that you were calling, how did that aspect happen? Because now it's great to look at everything you've created and look at it, and it's great and definitely deserves that. Let's talk. Let's let's talk about the aspect of what was difficult getting there. Do you have any tricks, some methodologies that we could take away that anybody can take away when they're going through that process? The number one thing is you're not going to be perfect at anything. Starting something off, you have to embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. You know, the military's common for saying that. Embrace the suck because you're going to suck at whatever you're doing at first. It takes time. Nobody was born a leader. Nobody was born the most expert. Michael Jordan wasn't born the best basketball player. He had to learn and fail along the way. And I see so many people, we live in such a society today where people think they have a sense of entitlement. They're owed something. Oh, I should should just come perfectly. No, you have to work at it. Work is a four-letter word for most people these days. And I'll give you a great example. Literally just happened this morning, but I'll get back to it. Is I, you know, I'm at 54 phone calls before I got my first yes. Let's go. I role played before I made phone calls. I kind of made my script and I just started picking the phone down for dollars. But that first yes I got, if I had given up after five phone calls or 10 phone calls or 53 phone calls, I would have made $50,000 on that 54th phone call. Okay. And so when I hit that, I, I was going to give it two weeks making phone calls to find something I did. I stuck with it two weeks. Well, I was hooked at the end of the first day. 
because I got something that made something, you know, 50 grand is what most people make in a year. In a lot of cases, I made that on one deal. And I was like, okay, just give me the law of numbers now. Now I know that if I make 50 phone calls, I'll probably talk to 14 to 20 people. You know, I'll probably sign four NDAs on it with one deal, one list or something like that. That's just kind of the numbers and they get better and they, you know, the ebb and flow with the markets, but you work your butt, you know, work your butt off. But as you get better, you perform better because you start putting systems in place. Now we don't have to dial a million phone calls. We can use LinkedIn or drip marketing campaigns once we've made that initial contact. And so I didn't take no for an answer. I just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And what's funny is every two years, um, I open up a spot for like 30 investors, 30 of my students to come together and we make phone calls for a month. And we launched last night. Actually, it was a funny thing. Like, hey, I send a list of banks to everybody in states. Like, okay, here's your lists. You're going to copy and paste and put them in Excel, but here's your list to call. I need 50 phone calls a week for four weeks. And at the end of four weeks, we all get a combined list. So I send this list to this one guy. He's all excited about it, jacked up. Oh, yeah. You know, says he's a note investor already. First thing this morning, I get an email from, hey, man, can I get a, a refund back? I, I This was an Excel. I spent two hours putting a list together yesterday. And this should have been an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm like, dude, I did the same thing. I was up at 3.30 this morning working on my list, walking the walk. And you can't even make one phone call and you're giving up on your dream already. And it just screams. It's just like, oh, a sense of entitlement, you know? And that aggravates the crap out of me because you have for anything, for anything to be successful, you've got to work at it. Yeah. You know, I'm a successful podcaster because I've done 700 episodes. I'm a successful note investor because I closed thousands of deals. I'm a successful marketer because I've failed millions of times with stupid marketing ideas that, and I found stuff that worked. But people these days, they want that shortcut, that zero to 60 overnight. And, you know, Damon John from Shark Tank, you know, he's a founder of FUBU. He's he's famous for saying that over, overnight success was an eight-year journey for him. Yeah. People didn't see him. Waiting tables at Red Lobster, singing, you know, slinging chitterbait biscuits and strip scampi during the days, and then going home at night, sleeping on the floor, but working on his product line for eight years, so it was successful. People don't have that work ethic these days, unfortunately. Scott, I love that. I just want to highlight a couple of things for the audience over here. That ideology of never giving up, understanding that it's a numbers game, like you just said, and I just as you were saying this story reminded me when I was a broker and I used to do legit like thousands of calls per year. Like I think my max is like 5,000 a year, whatever the case is, but you break it down to the numbers that, you know, after you do a hundred calls, you're going to get somebody on a contact. You're going to have a meeting with them. Then imagine you say you have 50% closing on the meeting. Then that means how many meetings do you need to have to get a sale? So it's a numbers game. Now the question is over here, because like I said, this is hundred percent on performance. How do you perform? How do you go? And because the way you're saying it, you're so passionate, you're smiling and you're enjoying with this whole ideology. But how do you create yourself to go into that peak form, that peak state when you're picking up those phone calls? Do you do things before the phone call? Do you said that you wake up at 3.30 in the morning? Is that something consistent? How do you do that? What's that performance level? So people could come in with the highest energy possible. So when they get those no's, they won't feel like, oh my God, I can't do this. And they'll keep on moving forward. So how do you do your performance habits, rituals, and so on? So I'm going to talk about it in two phases. One, the first thing is most important, you have to remove distractions. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be focused on something, set a two-hour time block. Don't set an eight-hour time block because you're probably, but set a two-hour time block or even an hour time block that you take a little bit of a break here and there, okay? That's one of the, I think one of the most important things. If you get on a roll, keep rolling with it, but don't 
oh, I'm gonna call eight hours. And then if you get into 10, it was this big daunting figure. So celebrate little successes. You get somebody on the phone, get up and do a happy dance is what I like to do. If you're doing something new, celebrate those little successes to get rock and rolling. For me, it's, you know, making sure the TV's off, making sure my email's not up, making sure ESPN's not on or anything like that so that I can focus exclusively on the one topic. You know, I'm not taking phone calls. I'm not answering anything during that hour to two hour stretch. Now I wake up in the morning, not usually at 3.30. I was up because we had this launch going on, but I think it's important to take a little time and prepare your list. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all in the same time zone. It's, you know, A to Z, you've got the right number. Do a little bit of time with that. That way my call block time from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. my time with an hour break for lunch is as efficient as possible so I can maximize my calls where I'm not trying to have to search something down. So I took time early, early this morning or late, late last night to make sure that my day was so effective that I could get more phone calls done versus hunting and pecking like most people do. I think you also need to start off your day in a good mindset. Don't do it by looking at social media or looking at the news. God knows we, that's a brainwashing of negativity. So I always start my morning up, get up, Say feed the animals because they're the ones like feed me, dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cup of coffee, glass of water with lemon. And I go outside and I just kind of, <sighs> we have done a really good job of turning our backyard into kind of a tropical forest for the most part. So we've got palm trees and tomato plants. It's just a really beautiful space with wind chimes. I, I mean, literally, um, you know, Buddha would love it in my backyard because you could <laughs> meditate easily with the birds and the squirrels. So Every morning, that's my start off. I get up, I go outside, sit out for a little bit, 30 minutes at least, and just kind of, what's my focus today? What are the big rocks I need to get done? And that's what I do. I get my big rocks done first, and then I worry about little things to go around there. But that's, you got to have a positive mindset. If you're in a negative mindset, no, it will snowball. You've got to remove that. If you have a lot of negative people around, you've got to get away from that so you can focus on it. And then most importantly, too, if you run into a stump, don't, you know, curl up in a ball. Be coachable. Pick up and talk to your coach. Pick up and talk to somebody who's in a position where you want to be because that's they've been through it before. And you need to understand, oh, this is normal. Okay, I'm just not the worst cold caller in the world, right? What am I doing? What am I saying there? Because it's little tweaks and dials that can go a long way to finding success. And you just got to be coachable. Okay. There's so many things to unpack there. That is so freaking good. First and foremost, wake up and be careful of what you're consuming. So like you said, don't uh, watch social media. Don't watch the news, especially not in the beginning of the day. Take time to really introspect. And you did mention meditate or breathe. You do it in your beautiful backyard where you said with the squirrels, with the bananas, with everything. So take that time, 100%. That's extremely valuable. And you said within that time, what you do is you set your intention. Set your intention for what's coming ahead. Set your intention for what your goals are. Because Here's one thing I always say to my audience. The reality is successful people don't only set their intention once a year and they call it New Year's resolution. They set it for every single day and for every single activity. That's how you'll become successful. And then from there, one thing highlighted in big. And listen, I'm, I'm pre- you're preaching to the choir over here. You have to be coachable. I'm a coach. I have legit like like hundreds and hundreds of coaching uh, clients that I've worked with throughout my career, but I personally have eight coaches and mentors. So it's so important to be coachable because the reality is as much as you're playing the role of the actor within your life, it's hard to see certain things because you're in that role. You have to have somebody as a director role seeing the whole thing and be like, hey, Scott, why don't you do this instead instead of that? And you're like, oh my God, I didn't see it. 
Yeah, it's because you're in it. So I love that aspect. And Scott, I hundred percent want to talk about the marketing side because I did see you had mentioned in, in your socials that your passion is to help people grow their influence. What do you mean with that? Do you are you talking about with your clients that are uh, in the real estate game, or you do marketing as well? You did mention in the beginning of the call that it is one of your passions. I just I've had been very blessed uh, early on in life to have a guy who was a mentor to me and really taught me a lot of the amazing ropes. A guy by the name of Roland Frazier uh, out there. You maybe recognize the name, but for four years before he was a big guy with a digital marketing and traffic and conversion summit, stuff like that, I got to spend some time with him for a couple of years. And he taught me a lot of the ropes. And I think that's one of the most important things is marketing and expanding your influence is so easy these days, so much easier than it was even five years ago or 10 years ago. I mean, look at what we're on. Zoom didn't exist. You know, YouTube was barely fledgling around. I mean, the smartphone, what the hell was this? It all had the flips with the cameras and barely the cameras. I mean, uh, I was taking videos a decade ago with a little Dell flip camera here. You know, this was high tech redneck back in the day. But that it, it, people don't realize because they don't have a marketing mindset. Most of us have gone, I've picked a career and we go to our J-O-B, we clock in, we punch out, we're told exactly what we have to do. Anything outside the box, we got to get approval from somebody upstairs. We don't often have a marketing mindset. And when people get into becoming an entrepreneur or want to do that, it's literally like a jungle. They don't know where to begin. They're afraid they're going to take a wrong step and a freaking python is going to bite them or a tiger is going to jump on them and kill them. Okay? You have to realize that the jungle is just a Guns N' Roses song. Welcome to the jungle, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that difficult. Pick a couple things and sit to it. And that's what I, I talk with my students because I'm a big proponent of marketing, being outside the box. Because, you know, um, I think Seth Godin probably said it best in his book, Tribes, a few years back. Everybody, we're all in tribes already. Work, friends, family, colleagues. We're in a tribe now. Everybody's looking for leadership. And it might as well be you leading them with that versus listening to somebody else who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So if you've got an expertise or a passion about something, go find the people that you want to be like that are doing what you want to do and see what they're doing. Ask them, hey, what's working best for you? And they'll often take, like at the intro of your podcast, every episode, it says it speaks exactly. You love the, the fastest growing platform out there for you is, is podcasting and doing a lot of great stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe it. You just got to hit the record button. You just got to share it. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to screw up. As I said, embrace the suck, use what your mistakes are early on to grow and get a little bit better each day. If you grow by 1% better each day, at the end of the day, you'll be 30% better at the end of the month. You'll be a 300% better by the end of the year. And you will dominate your niche, whatever it is, because everybody else wants to do the least amount to get by. If you go above and beyond and do it a little bit more, you will stand out from the crowd People are like, oh my God, you're everywhere. No, I'm not everywhere. I just do a little bit extra and it goes a long way consistently. I love that. And one thing to highlight there is the consistency aspect. You said it, right? That 1% better is something that I live by. And I really, I'm inviting all the listeners to live by that because the goal is not to be perfect. You're like There's analysis paralysis that really exists. And like Scott is saying, Sometimes you just have to figure out as you're going along. And as you go along, it gets better and better and better. I am sure, Scott, that you listen. You said you have about 700 episodes of podcasts. Go listen. And I'm sure you've done this practice because I've done it on my YouTube and all that. Go listen to the first ever podcast you ever recorded. You must be cringing. 
But then you look at the 700 one, you're like, wow, look at me. Look how eloquent I am. Look at this, look at that. But it's a process, right? And you're going to listen to the one that you're recording the 700 today in one year from now. You're like, oh, wow, why did I say that? Shouldn't I have said that? It's this ongoing process and understanding as human beings, we are always evolving and being okay with that. So I love that. And Scott, I just want to be respectful for your time here. I'm going to ask you one last question that I really believe that you're going to have fun with. And the question is, your closest friends, family, everybody that's around you, if they would have to define you in one word, what would that word be? Ooh, one word. That's a good one, man. One word would probably be uh, tenacious. Tenacious. You know? I, I just, no matter what happens, I get up each morning. I mean, I, we've all had peaks and valleys, but I think you, uh, you know, heard the saying, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. You know, we've, we've had great years. We've had down years, you know, good and bad. And I just keep getting up every day. I keep showing up. I keep delivering content. I keep watching out and making sure that not, not only am I doing things for myself, but my servant leader mind shit that comes to my father. I'm like, Hey, how can I best help my friends? my family, my colleagues, my vendors, my clients, my students to help them get ahead in, in some some form or fashion to give them an edge over the competition up there. And I think that's just showing up every day, being consistent and tenacious and not saying no, uh, taking no for an answer. Um, I think so many people, when we start off as entrepreneurships, we, all it takes is one bad comment from somebody we're friends with or somebody, uh, I won't say a peer because they're usually in a negative position, but you have to realize, ladies and gentlemen, you're never going to have somebody above you say something bad about you. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be somebody beneath you, somebody who's in a rough top, or they're jealous about what you're doing and that you're making them look bad most of the time. So I like, like today, I had somebody reach out to me and I said, look, man, no offense. I'm not interested. I appreciate it. And he kept going. I was like, man, you're wasting my time now. I'm going to let you go. And I get this ugly email back from, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not even going to respond. I'm not going to justify the comment. I'm just going to keep moving on. Because they're having something going on. So do yourself a favor. Pay attention more to your friends and family and the people that love your big cheerleaders. And even though we kind of put a blind eye to those, realize that the negative people out there, they have a dark hole for a soul. They're just trying to fill it with something. They're usually jealous. And uh, like I said, you'll never have somebody above you doing more than you'd be negative about what you're doing. I, I love that analogy. And you're 100% right. And honestly, like like you said, first of all, the people above you, are probably doing stuff very cool and they're very busy, just like you said. So these people don't have time to be negative. So all we have to do is just have empathy for the people that are negative. Cause like you said, they're probably going through something and don't acknowledge it. It's not, it's not worth your currency of time and energy, most valuable. And Scott, this is why we're resonating so much because your definition of a tenacious Mine is uh, relentless, so it's really correlated. That's why we're getting, connecting. That's why we see eye, to eye, brother, right there. Yeah, there you go, brother. That's exactly why. When you said that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I just we just met, we just had this combo, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised that you use that word. So I'm really grateful for that. And before letting you go, can you please tell the audience what is the best way to connect with you to speak to? You? If some people are interested to potentially get into real estate in notes, how would they connect with you? Easiest thing is just book a, a spot in my calendar. You can go to talkwithscottcarson.com. It'll take you directly to my, my calendar. You can book a 30-minute phone call with me. We can talk about anything, notes, podcasting, marketing, whatever it is. Go to talkwithscottcarson.com. I'm once at one Scott Carson on most social media. You can check out my website, weclosenotes.com for more information on what I do. But the easiest way, just book, book a 30-minute call. It's just free, talkwithscottcarson.com. And pick a time on my schedule and, and let's uh, let's just put our heads together and see if we can help each other. 
Scott, I love that. Everything will be linked up in the show notes. Thank you very much for blessing us with your time, with everything that you gave us. I'm sure the audience has written down many things that are valuable, what you just mentioned. So that being said, have a blessed and grateful day. Hey, you too, man. Honored to be here. Hey, everybody, quick, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you leave a five-star <laughs> review. You're loving what Chris is doing. He's working hard, us as podcasters. We love it when we get feedback. So get on over, hit that five-star review. Leave him a great word. If you like this episode, great. Share it with somebody. Just go out there. We, we as podcasters, share the love. We want to hear your feedback. Scott, man, I love interviewing podcasters because they know what's up. They're doing they're doing the promotion for me. I do appreciate that. So guys, if you, there, if you do see there's some value, don't hesitate at all to do exactly what Scott said. That being said, we'll see you guys in the next episode. All right, ciao, ciao. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.